Today on the podcast, we're checking back in again with Dr. Jacobson. It's the end of our semester, and if you recall, we checked in with him way back in August when things were a little bit different. So today, he will give us an update on how things are going inside Richards. Hi, Mike, and welcome back to the podcast. That's my, it's my favorite day of the year. I know, you love the be, podcast. Be featured on our podcast. Last time we checked in with you was, I checked the date, August 17th. Wow. I know, so much has happened since then. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm not sure if, I wanted to start with something different. I'm not sure if people who are listening are aware, but you were co-teaching this year, or this semester. Um, so could you tell everybody what that's about, how it went, and all of that. Well, yeah, I was going to teach a class this year. As you know, I talked about it you know, before, any, before you, anybody knew what COVID meant. And we had the plan in place. Then this happened, and then I really was glad I was going to do it because I, I wanted to experience as much as what the kids and the faculty were experiencing as possible because that's an important aspect to me doing this job. So I co-teach a section of Honors English 1 with Nicole Scolaro, and we block it with Honors Geography taught with taught by Marianne Arino. And so it's really all three of us together. And I'm, you know, riding shotgun. They drive the whole thing. But it's really been a great opportunity, one, to get to know some new freshmen because it's so difficult in this environment to get to know our new kids. Um, but two, to really have kind of firsthand experience as to the remote learning and how it goes and how challenging it could be and what some of the successes are and the pitfalls. So it's really been, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And uh, my heart goes out to the teachers and the students who have to participate in it um, because it's just, you know, it's just so many new things to learn while you're also learning new things in school. So it's it's a layered new learning um, process, but um, I was really glad I did it. And I think that uh, I'm impressed by what we've been able to do. I'm impressed with the work the teachers have done. I'm impressed with the learning the kids have achieved. And I don't know if I would have had as much knowledge about it if I hadn't decided to teach that class. So I'm glad I did. Yeah, and you, I mean, you're the principal. And so to kind of insert yourself back into the classroom takes time and effort. So I say kudos to you because that's a, that's a big task to be able to say that. Even if you're saying they're driving it and you're in there you're you're still very involved well, i know yeah. you and you're very involved you're not going to do something and not do it right. and well the, the the thing is it's like if i was like oh i'm gonna jump in and co-teach with a teacher every day it could be at any time but this is two periods every day second and third period so i have to be available then so it is that's the one challenge is you know you have this job there's other things that are also time sensitive but my time in that class came first and i was able to kind of uh move some other things around and plus, it was a great time plus you have a little bit of a history of team teaming yeah. or whatever with mary and yeah. arena so i know that it was excitement yeah, too. It was. There it was was some, let's bring it back to life all right so you were um a part of when the students actually came back here this semester we started in august like we talked about early on here and no kids were here and we were waiting, we were hopeful, we were waiting, we were hopeful, and then finally, in October, they were able to come back. And there was a lot that had to be done in order to let those oh, kids yeah. into the building, and you were in charge of that. So can you tell us a little bit of what we had to do, on top of what we did in the summer, right. to get ready, like, okay, now they're coming. Well, yeah, well, the, the, the issue was, and really remains to be so, that... The guidance, you know, the COVID guidance is such a malleable thing. It's, it changes often. So 
there was no such thing as really being ready because then the next week it was like, oh, no, but now also this, now also that. So it was a huge endeavor to get the building and the classrooms ready because we had to remove so much furniture from so many rooms and move it to a place. Well, you know, I'm assuming people listen to this podcast or Richard's affiliated. We don't have a storage facility like located next door. Like, you know, no school has the storage they want in a normal year. So finding a place for all that stuff, physically carrying it downstairs and to the other side of the building, it was a, I always joke, like I've had jobs where like at the end you go home and you're exhausted. And, and this isn't one of those jobs, obviously, uh, because it's not physical work all day. And that, that week, man, it was, that was tough. We carried so much stuff around this building, put all the tape down. But it was, it was another form of exciting because it was us preparing for the kids to come back. We did only do eight days, uh, which, you know, is kind of a bummer, but what I tell everybody is you can't do all the days until you do the eight, you know, like we didn't have everyone here, but I, 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 know, I, I know we're not just gonna one day have everyone back. I know there are steps to be taken for a full return. So I'm very excited whenever we take another one of those steps because we're closer to a full return of, of normal high school, what it would normally be like. And uh, so all that, wow difficult was necessary and it actually made you feel good because it felt like you were taking a step forward out of you know the covid nightmare it made it feel like oh no okay this is something kids will come back so when the kids were here i loved it um mm-hmm. it was good to see a lot of them it was uh it's particularly good to see like the new kids like the freshmen coming in because um it's normally but i know i know almost every kid in the class and i know like 10 so it's it was good to have those days uh with them here and just get them to experience it um, I mean, and then we're trying, like, we're trying to make the lunchroom a little less, I don't know, like a, like a hospital. We're trying to make it, you know, as well as we can within the rules, make it, you know, social for the kids. Um, so it, it, it's funny because it's a ton of thinking, learning, and work that we had to do that we will never, hopefully, you know, God willing, never reproduce. And that's rare in this field. This is a very much... You know, if, if you don't want to change anything that much, you can just run last year again. Yeah. You know? And this is such a unique thing that it forced all of us to behave in totally different ways. And I think we come out of this the other side, lateral thinkers. I think we come out of this way more nimble. I think we come out of this way more willing to change mm-hmm. systemic things at Richards to address issues with the kids because we saw that we're, we were able to capably do that. Yeah, that brings me to the next thing I wanted to talk about is the staff. I mean, we talked about the students Students can't learn if there's no staff. Staff don't have a job if there are no yeah. students, so they kind of work together. But I feel that our staff really answered the call of this. You know, me, I work with the staff a lot with the professional development and the design of how the teaching and learning goes. So, you know, over time, since we've been one-to-one, there's, they've always been encouraged to use the iPad as right. a resource to the learning. And some are more comfortable than others. And I think until this happened... There wasn't really like a full on, I got to do this. And that was created by COVID. So I do think that there are things that will change moving forward. I think some teachers will say, I will continue to do things the way that I learned during COVID. But do you have anything you want to add about the staff well, I mean, and like how, if, how we've been doing Well, things? first of all, the faculty has been great. Um, uh, the, the, the teaching faculty has been ridiculous. They've learned a ton of new things. They've been super available to the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the staff as a whole, I mean, the custodians have been amazing. The secretarial staff has like picked up slack often. What people don't realize is, you know, we're a skeleton crew because we're allowing people to work from home. But 
things still need to happen here. So the people who are here are really pitching in and throwing in and doing more stuff um, because we just don't have the luxury of having five people. You know, oh, could you help me with this? So I've been nothing but just inspired by the work the staff and the faculty has done. There's several things I think, and don't get me wrong, I, I, I keep saying everybody, I never want to talk about COVID again, and I don't. Like, if you're listening to this podcast and we come back, <laughs> don't ask me. I don't want to, I want to tell you. Don't turn happen, us off. Go to the next episode. <laughs> no, listen to the podcast, but when we come back, don't say, oh, James, let's talk for an hour about your COVID experience. I'm going to want to move past it um, and go back to the pre COVID experience, but there's going to be some things we keep, and here are some. The degree to which everyone got way better at Google Classroom because we went one to one, but we have a staff that uh, have a lot of experience, and it's hard to just do something in a brand new way. But then they said, "No, you have to." So that expedited our learning process quickly. I would also say, I think for the first time ever, schools around the nation are having actual partnerships with parents and guardians because the communication has to be robust, and I want to keep that. I want to keep it. Uh, a real conversation between us and the parents at home about the learning that's going on and how we can help each other because that's been vital during COVID. I want to keep that. Also, um, we, you know, I've always joked for years, like we'd be in the district and there are three high schools in this district. You know, the kids, they really only care about Richards, but you know, we have to go to these meetings with people <laughs> in other buildings and we would always joke, we could just Skype that. I'm like, yeah, but how many people ever have? And now I, I, I think it's going to make it so much more efficient just in terms of I won't have to drive a central office for me mm-hmm. those meetings. And it's just, you know how it is. It's like if it's on Zoom and there's no chit-chat back and forth, it goes a lot quicker. So mm-hmm. I think it raises the level. I mean, it, it lowers the, the personal element of it, but it raises uh, the degree to which we can, you know, be at work working hard where we where we exit meetings and take those agenda items and make them happen. And there's a lot of that. that I'm going to be like, oh, that, that really might – I'm I'm looking forward to keeping some of those things because I think it'll make the regular experience that much that much better. Biggest challenge this semester. The biggest challenge this semester. I mean, you know, Meg, I I I don't speak through filters. I only know how to be honest, and you know, and that could upset some people. The biggest challenge this semester has been keeping it just keeping this place together. It's been a challenge. It's very difficult, and I, and I'm I, if I'm being honest, I'm really proud of how we were mm-hmm. able to do it. I'm really proud of the fact that, and I don't mean like spinning out into chaos. I just mean keeping it together to the degree to which I pretty much know what's going on in all of these rooms, even though these rooms are now all over the south suburbs. And that has been a challenge, but it's 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 necessary because I still gotta be in control of what's going on in this high school. So that was a challenge, but I think I think we're able to accomplish it pretty well. Biggest accomplishment? I mean and uh, you know I always want to always talk about the teaching and learning first for a high school the learning mm-hmm. comes first. But uh, for me, this year, our biggest accomplishment has been able to be the stuff we did in the building when we had the time. We had so many projects we wanted to do. And there are these pie-in-the-sky things. You know, like, you, you listeners, if you ever become principal of a high school, you walk around the first day and you're be like, I'm going to change all of this. And it's hard because there's a bunch of kids here every day. When the kids aren't here, there's not that many people here. And it's difficult, so it can move at a really slow pace. These, like, physical upgrades to the building you want to do. And... The minute COVID happened, I, I waited to be sure it wasn't going to be horrible in its health impacts. I'm not saying it's, it's not bad, but I mean, initially, you know, nobody knew, you know, I mean, people weren't leaving their house at all. People mm-hmm. were spraying down their mail. But the minute it was pretty obvious that we could in this building with, with precautions in place, have people back here working, I got the custodians together and I was like, these are the things we always wanted to do. 
Let's do them. Let's, let's get them out. Let's start doing them. Yeah. And we put all that on pause to prepare the building to come back. And the minute they said, well, we're going to have another at-home distance learning cycle, we got right back on it. I mean, I never thought we would paint the gym, ever. I always thought the gym was for the next principal. And I plan on being here another 10 years, at least. And I was like, that's just such a big, and they're painting it today. I mean, I'm shocked at what we've gotten through. And I, when COVID started, I had five things on the to-do list of things that I always wanted to do for the school. They range from the physical improvements to the scholarship fund to faculty committees. They've all, they're all well in hand, and I'm now on to the eighth thing. And I never thought I'd get to the first five. So I'm really proud of how we never just got lost in the malaise of it. I'm proud how we kept focused on let's make the improvements we can make. And everyone has pitched in. And when the kids come back, I really think they'll see it and they'll be like, oh, wow. And I really think the parents will really get it. Mm -hmm. And when the, when the building makes more sense physically, the learning can happen better. And I'm a big fan of aesthetic. I think when something looks nice, you behave nice. I, that's just what I think. Yeah, And you're proud of it. I am very and the kids will be too. And like you said, the families will be too. Well, you just mentioned that the biggest accomplishment is holding it together. I have to say from someone who's on your administrative team and your staff here, um, you've done a good job of holding yourself together. I'd like to brag on you just a little bit because you started swimming for yourself. You've been continuing your walking. Like you're keeping your physical self in a place that is right because without that i think that you would start to unravel so oh, yeah. kudos to you it's not easy to do it all the time it's no. usually yourself is the first thing that we let go of and then everything around you takes priority but you've kept up with it so from an outsider looking and i think that's probably what's helped you keep your head on straight but i would agree with that in fact there there, there, there if you had said to me a year ago you're going to jump in the richard swimming pool i'd be like <laughs> i will never and now that there's any I, I, it's just, I would be like, Not there would never be an opportunity where I would have the time or the swim trunks or the courage to jump in that water. Uh, and to, this is this is week 16. This is week 16 to me doing it every day. And then I go up to that weight room after. And I don't. I, 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 I'm not a, a weight guy. I put up three. I bench press 300 pounds every day because like, I've been going since March. And slow and steady. It is, and it's you know what it is. It is. It's 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 nice. And I would encourage everyone that there's a balance. And I said this at the NHS induction, that a lot of people use this time for self-care. And I'm a big fan of that. But the, the self-care is only important from my worldview if it is what you need to do to care for others. That's just how I look at the world. So um, I'm, I would agree with you. If I weren't... Like when I'm in that swimming pool and like the kids know I you know I lead a I lead a loud life and so even when I go up to exercise I put my headphones on and I listen to music really loudly and in that pool it's just me and the quiet and it's really nice and I thought that's where I got the walkathon idea from that's where I got the idea uh, for the hallway for all the new trophy cases that's the, where I got the idea for the for how we're doing this paint I'm just, I I wrap my mind around this year and I think about it and I'm in there for 45 minutes I swim and, and no, I would agree with you it's it's uh it's been super beneficial because it can and I hate like oh it's like Groundhog Day no it's not it, it's like I always say what is for me what it's like is it's like we're all asleep over and it's like 2.30 and nothing's fun anymore <laughs> you know we're done I want to go home we're, we're just want to either go to sleep or go home but I can't go to sleep and I, I want to eat a big home. breakfast right so I just gotta just put your head down and work now you mentioned um, two things scholarship fund earlier as just one of the things that you've worked on and you've also mentioned walkathon and I mentioned you you keeping up with walking for the last couple of years you're a big walker so and 
why don't you tell our listeners we have an event coming up so it's an opportunity to plug this event yeah new year's day uh we're gonna do this 24-hour walkathon i'm gonna walk for 24 hours on a treadmill that we're having moved downstairs uh because we're gonna have guest walkers and there's just the weight room wouldn't work because we, we have it all so spaced out for when the kids return that there's no room so the goal is for me to walk 24 hours straight i'll start new year's day at 9 a.m and i'm gonna go to the second at 8.59. Notice I did not say 9 a.m. Because if I go 9 a.m., then that's 24 hours in one minute, and I'm probably going to collapse off the thing. Um, and we're asking people to sponsor it at a dollar an hour. So that's a 24-hour donation for people who are Richards affiliated. And the money all goes to the scholarship fund. Because since I've been principal, I wanted to have a more robust scholarship fund. It's, it's, it's if I'm being honest, embarrassing and disgusting that we don't. And and I'm like, let's, let's never go back to not having money in there. So... I'm encouraging people who are Richards affiliated. It's gonna be in the newspaper, you know. Put on your, put on your social media trends, and, and you know you got. It's not even about begging or hustling. It's just about information and put it out there for people. And I always, and I, when people are like, how much money do you think this can make? I'm like, hey, it can make five thousand dollars, which would be great for the kids who got that money. I'm like, but if every Richards affiliated person gave twenty four bucks, it would be a hundred grand. So that would be so. Amazing. And that would be amazing. So I'm encouraging everyone who's Richards affiliated. Uh, to just be like, and you know, if this goes well, you're gonna have to keep doing it oh, every yeah, year for sure. If it goes well, I'll I'll definitely I'll do, it, do every it every year. year. Yeah. All right. Well, Mike, thanks for the interview. I guess I have one final question for you as we head off to our Christmas break and New Year's and all that. Obviously, hopeful for a better 2021. Kids back in the building. Um, things getting back to a place that we'd call normal. What's your Christmas wish? I guess it would be that our students are able to patiently wait for the opportunity they will soon have to thrive again. I've said this the whole time. Years from now, and this is just my opinion, and I I do reading, but I'm not an expert on it. We're going to talk about how COVID really was the biggest problem for the elderly and the young. and I always say the elderly have a lot of advocacy groups and the young need advocacy groups. So my, my, my wish is that when we come back, people will realize that we will maybe have graduated kids out of here who never played varsity because we didn't have a varsity sport while we had attendance. Um, when we come back, we'll see what happens in Washington. We might, we might be on the ropes for money. Every school district might be in. But my wish is that everyone remembers that and they're, young, they're young and they'll be fine. But we took a lot of stuff from the kids, and I'm gonna wanna like literally give it back to them sevenfold because you know they deserve it. All right, there you have it. Final recap with Dr. Jacobson for the semester. Looking forward to a happy and healthy new year. Thanks for listening. Thank you.